Thanks for listening to the Mark Aram Show podcast. Thanks for Xfinity for sponsoring said podcast. A couple of things in life I don't skimp on. Toilet paper, razor blades, seafood. I want the best of the best when it comes to all three. And internet. That's why I use Xfinity Internet. And it's the amazing 10G network. The 10G network from Xfinity. The future starts now. Smarter, more consistent, and a secure network. And it only gets better. Jump on board the Xfinity 10G network online. Just go to Xfinity.com. Orlando stays strong in the aftermath of the weekend tragedy. Live, local, call-in talk continues. This special hour is hosted by Mark Aram and by Shaney B. from The Herman Cain Show. Welcome to the show and a good Thursday evening to you. Mark Aram here, you there. Live, local talk and coverage of the terrorist attack at the Pulse nightclub continues on News 96.5 WDBO in Orlando. And tonight we're also being broadcast across the nation on WSB in Atlanta, WOKV in Jacksonville, WHIO in Dayton, Ohio, and KRMG in Tulsa as we all come together and share our grief with our friends in Central Florida uh, still recovering from the horrible terrorist attack. Joining me in studio, executive producer of The Herman Cain Show, longtime Central Florida native and resident, it's Shane Backler, a.k.a. Shaney B., um, we'll be with you for two hours, taking your calls, your thoughts, your reactions, your prayers on the uh, awful terrorist attack at the Pulse nightclub, 844-220-0965. Clark Howard and Neil Bortz will join us on the show as well. Uh, we want to kick things off uh, with Tony Marino, host of it, Orlando's Evening News on News 96.5 WDBO. Tony, first off, condolences from myself, from Shane, from everyone across the nation. Thanks for uh, spending a little more time on the radio with us tonight. Oh, well, thank you, guys, and it's a pleasure to be with you. Uh, another uh, incredible day here in Orlando, and, you know, the one thing that you guys know that you've been hearing on the broadcast throughout the last four days is uh, uh, the, the community coming together just continues every time, you know, you see... you. You hear of, uh, of, of, of some event or uh, something taking place where the community is coming together, then, then it's another, an, another great thing happens after that, and another great thing happens after that. So uh, in a time of real darkness, we are definitely seeing some real light, which is, is the takeaway from this thing, if there is any takeaway. Uh, that's the one positive we're having. The, the headline today, I guess, would be uh, President Obama coming to Central Florida to, to meet with the victims' families. Um, what's been the reaction locally to the president's visit, and, and what, what are your folks saying about it? Yeah, you're right. That is definitely the big headline today, and the reaction is quite mixed, as you would imagine. There were a lot of people. Uh, we've had our phone lines open now to listeners all week long, and you know there were a lot of people that thought he should be here sooner. Uh, there were a lot of people um, that didn't think he should be here at all. Um, the president did. Uh, he, he did. He did hold to his vow, though. Today, the White House. The White House said the president's visit was going to be concentrated on the victims. Uh, that he was going to meet with the dignitaries of the city, and it wasn't going to be a political, uh, any kind of politicizing. And for the most part, that that was true. Uh, the president, the vice president, came to town. They met with the uh, uh, mayor, Buddy Dyer, the Orlando mayor, Orange County Mayor Teresa Jacobs. They met with family members. They visited a, a surviving victim. And uh, then they went to the memorial. They laid wreaths uh, at the memorial site down at the Dr. Phillips Center, um, and Obama made a couple of comments right before they left town. 
um, touched on you know gun control quickly, the fight against ISIS, and uh, and and that was about it. Um, the the reaction to Obama coming to town has been better since he was here than it was prior to him coming, if Talk, that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. We're talking to uh, Tony Marino, host of Orlando's Evening News. On the nuts and bolts side of this tragic story, uh, word out today that the shooter was actually texting with his wife during the standoff. Uh, what does that say to you? Does it add any new information or depth of, of the coverage of, of this horrible story? Yeah, the, the, the big news, uh, as you said, for Orlando was the president and vice president coming here today. The big news as far as the actual event um, was, was that he was actually texting with his, wife, with his wife. But prior to us learning that, and uh, there was also, we also got word that he was actually uh, accessing his Facebook page on his phone during the shooting as well. So... Um, it's pretty disturbing, and as far as the wife goes, it's just, to me, it's just more proof that uh, she knows a lot more than she was initially telling us, and knowing that he was actually texting with her, mm-hmm. or she was texting with him during the event, leads me to believe she she could have uh, very well have been an accessory in some way, shape, or form, more than just knowing about it. I mean, it was, it was disturbing it- already when... When she said she tried to stop him, oh, I, you know, I tried to stop him, but I didn't. I mean, that's disturbing enough when you look at the carnage that that resulted from it. But now knowing that they were texting and she was fully aware of exactly what was happening, she was also Tony a chain here, and and have have has it been confirmed that she had gone to the Pulse nightclub with Omar prior to the shooting? Do we know that for sure, or is that sort of uh, something that we're still looking at? She says that she had driven him to the Pulse nightclub prior to the shooting. I haven't seen any actual confirmation that she had ever been in the nightclub, um, but she, she said that she had driven him there before, and perhaps he was scoping it out then. And it's interesting, um, too, you were talking about how he was texting her during this horrible, horrible event. Mm-hmm. Not only that, but he was talking to 911 operators. He was posting right. on his Facebook timeline. He also called um, Central Florida News 13, did he not? He did, he did. And now, you know, now that we know a little bit more about the events that took place that night concerning the shooter, it just becomes more and more concerning, obviously, the things, all the things that you just mentioned. But it also really makes you wonder, and, and I've talked this week, I've, I'm I've talked to several people that were inside the club during the shooting, and no one can ever know what it was really like unless you were really there. But with him doing all that, it just makes you think more and more why somebody or some group of people could not take him down prior to, you know, during the shooting. They're terrified, and they're terrorized. And they're stunned. I, you know, if anything, you might think somebody would throw um, a cocktail glass or or whatever. I don't know if they even had glass in Pulse, to be honest with you. It was probably those paper cups. But um, you you don't know. And with that kind of firepower, he also had the handgun. And to do something so vicious, so hateful, so... And to be able to take time out to post to your Facebook, to make phone calls... 
Right. He what he was doing was he was searching Facebook. Uh, he was searching Facebook for things like Pulse nightclub, Orlando, Orlando shooting. Um, so I guess he was trying to validate himself that he he was accomplishing something. He wanted instant instant gratification. We're we're talking right, to Tony Marino, host of Orlando's Evening News on News ninety six five WDBO. Uh, Tony, so we've had multiple witnesses say. The shooter had been going to the club for for at least three years. To me, that that exceeds you know any reconnaissance mission. Have you heard from from club goers that have seen him in the club before? What was his attitude in the three years prior to the shooting? Was he drinking? Was he dancing? Was he? What was his activity like as far as you know in the club three years prior? Some of the employees at the club said pretty much what you just said, that he, um, uh, I believe, the, the few people that recognized him or acknowledged that he had been there before did say that he was there alone. Um, we've heard that from a few folks, that he, anytime he was seen at the club, he was seen alone. Um, you know, one of those guys kind of hanging out in the corner just drinking, um, and when you see that, you know, there's a lot of people that just hang out in the corner of the club and drink and mind their own business, and there's some people that are hanging out in the corner with devious thoughts, you know. So, but um, he apparently has been, had been at the club several times. Uh, people did recognize him as a patron, so it, you, you, for, for people just to recognize him and say, yes, he's been here before, I recognize that guy, I've seen him, obviously, you know, he's been there more than just once or twice, like you said. I know investigators have been looking through security video of other bars and clubs in Central Florida. Had they found anything? Had he been going to other bars? Had he been to other gay bars? Had, had Have they tracked anything like that down yet? As you know, the FBI is, you know, taking control of the investigation. The Orlando PD is investigating the DEA, the ATF. Every every law enforcement agency is, is, is on the scene, although the FBI is the lead uh, they really have not said much as far as the investigation. The FBI held a news conference yesterday along with Orlando Police Department. That's when they informed us that ATF was on the scene, DEA was on the scene. Um, everything is going to come through the FBI. They're the lead investigation. Um, yesterday they were encouraging people in the community, again, if you, if you know anything at all about the shooter, uh, even the FBI agent uh, said, you know that the only reason they wanted, the only reason they're using the shooter's name, Omar Mateen, is just because they're hoping it might ring a bell with somebody. Otherwise, they don't. They wouldn't even want to be using his name. But the only reason they're using his name is to hope that it might ring a bell with somebody. So they're they're still encouraging the community. If you know anything, if you've seen anything, say something. Um, they are looking at surveillance video, of course. There were surveillance inside the club. It's going to take a long time to go through all that. As far as other clubs, uh, that's probably the, the responsibility of the Orlando Police Department. I'm sure they're doing that, but they haven't said anything. There, there, and there is one thing, though, I want the, the rest of the nation to know that maybe they don't know, because this has come up in a lot of the phone calls that, that we've gotten here at News 96.5 as well. Um, you know, there's 350, 360 people in the nightclub, and I said before, if he was texting, talking on the phone, checking Facebook, you think at some point in time, you know, somebody may have been able to take him down. But the big thing that we're getting over and over and over is 
people can't believe that there wasn't one person in the club that that might have had a weapon as well. You know, you think of 350, 360 people, there was nobody else that had a concealed carry permit, nobody that had a weapon. Even the bar employees, the bartenders don't have a gun. The bouncers, the, the security like guards, no, no one, huh? It, it, because it was a, it's a no-gun zone. Okay. Apparently there was the one bouncer at the front door that exchanged gunshots with him. Uh, but outside of that, the club is a no-gun zone, and I, I guess that pertains even to the employees. So that's the reason why there wasn't anybody else there that had a weapon. Well, and you figure, too, even if it wasn't a gun-free zone, those 300-some-odd patrons at Pulse were young. They were young, 20-something, 30-something Latino kids out having a good time. Um, largely a gay community. Even though it was Latin night, you don't always necessarily have a 100% gay crowd. You've got people that like the Latin music and like being together. Right, right. Pol- right. But they're Pol- young, and they're not going to... Uh, most of them don't even want a gun. So even if there was... Eh, you, you, you get what I'm saying? I don't know if no. many of them would have been armed. Yeah, no, I, 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 I totally get what you're saying. And, and, and Pulse is a very, it's a gay club, but it's also a very popular club. And a lot of people that are not gay go there, or people that have gay friends that aren't gay, but they go there with their gay friends. Uh, two of the victims uh, were 18-year-old girls. I'm sure you know the story of the 18-year-old girls from Philadelphia. Uh, they were celebrating their high school graduation. Yeah, 18-year-old girls from Philadelphia, mm-hmm. one of them made it out, one of them... One was injured, but she's a survivor, uh, and her friend, her 18-year-old friend, was, was one of the victims, one of the 49 people killed. Tony, can you hang uh, on for so a couple more minutes? Young as 18 year old Can you hang on, uh, hang on for a couple more minutes, Tony? Sure. Tony uh, Marino, host of Orlando's Evening News on News 96.5 WDBO, uh, answering my, my questions and Shane's questions because he's been covering this since the story broke, the mass shooting, the terror attack at the Pulse uh, nightclub. Live local talk and coverage of the Terrorist Act continues on News 96.5 WDBO in Orlando. Also broadcast across the nation tonight on WSB Atlanta, OKV Jacksonville, WHIO Dayton, and KRMG Tulsa. Your thoughts, questions, and comments, 844-220-0965. We'll be back after this. News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Welcome back to the show. Live local talk and coverage of the terrorist attack at the Pulse nightclub continues. Mark Aram with you on News 96.5 WDBO. Your thoughts, 844-220-0965. Finishing up with Tony Marino, host of Orlando's Evening News. Tony, uh, before I forget, how are you holding up? How's the staff holding up? This has got to be just a trying week for you, for the whole staff there. Probably the worst week I've had in my professional career since 9-11. <laughs> we, I mean, as you know, we are working some, uh, some massive hours. Uh, but you know how these things are. Uh, on, on one hand, you're really, I mean, it's such, an, it, it's, it, it's such a horrible event, such an atrocity, but you're so proud to be a part of covering it. Um, at, at, uh, on the other hand, you're working 14, 15, 16 hours. Are you, are you getting sleep? Are you getting food? I mean, I'm worried about the health of you guys. We are getting food. You know, the Cox Media Group is uh, taking care of us. Good. We, are, we have no shortage of food. That's good. Uh, management's trying to work schedules out, you know, the best they can. Things are winding down a little bit now. 
first couple of days were were absolutely nuts. So we're across the country right now on on the Cox Media Group radio network. Folks that want to donate, um, what what can we do to help you guys in Central Florida? Where can we give our money? What what's your best advice? Uh, there's two way to, there's two major funds right now. Uh, there are going to be more funds, but the two major funds right now are um, the uh, there's a Pulse GoFundMe account, mm-hmm. um, and that's uh, that's just what it's called. If you go to the GoFundMe, it's the Pulse account, and then there's the Orlando United Fund, which is OrlandoUnited.org. Um, and for the folks that around the country, folks around the country that haven't been paying as close of attention to it as we have been, that uh, GoFundMe account is just about at five million dollars. Wow! That was started, uh, I, I think, on Sunday night or Monday morning, and probably by the time you guys finish your broadcast, it will be over five million dollars. Well, we're going to do our best to make sure it gets over there. So, uh, the Pulse tragedy account on GoFundMe and what was the other one again? I'm sorry, Tony. GoFundMe Pulse and the other one is OrlandoUnited.org Alright. Uh, Tony, thank you so much for extending your already long broadcast day. Uh, we appreciate the insight at the local level there. Uh, just an awful, awful, it's just what a, what a week in Orlando. I mean, just what a week. Let, let's hope the uh, madness ends and you guys can get some respite, but uh, the thoughts of, Absolutely. of everyone thank across you, the Mark. country are with you, Tony. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Shaney B. Good to uh, good to be on with you guys. All right. Appreciate it. Tony Marino, host of Orlando's Evening News on News 96.5 WDBO. Uh, it, it's like a mini 9-11 for them. Just, uh, I mean, I remember what the radio stations were like when, when 9-11 hit, and we didn't leave the station for a week. So uh, definitely thoughts and prayers to, uh, to everyone covering the story down there and, of course, all the victims and their families. When we come back, your hero and mine, Clark Howard, will join us with his perspective and we'll continue our live local talk and coverage of the terrorist attack on the Pulse nightclub. Your thoughts at 844-220-0965. Tweet at me, at Mark Aram. We'll be back. A reflection on the massacre at the Pulse nightclub in Orlando. Live, local, call-in talk continues. This special hour is hosted by Mark Aram and by Shaney B. from The Herman Cain Show. Welcome back to the show. 25 in front of the hour. Mark Aram with you, uh, talking to the nation, discussing the tragic events in Orlando. Our live local talk and coverage of the terrorist attack at the Pulse nightclub continues on News 96.5 WDBO in Orlando. Also across the nation tonight, WSB in Atlanta, WOKV in Jacksonville, WHIO Dayton, and KRMG Tulsa. Your thoughts, comments, and questions at 844-220-0965. Shane Backler from the Herman Cain Show. Longtime uh, Central Florida resident uh, joining me in studio as well. John joins us in Atlanta. John, welcome to the program. Yes, uh, can you hear me? I can hear. Can you take us off speakerphone, John? Yeah, one second, please. No, no hurry. No. I'm about to do that. <laughs> While you do that, I'll come back to you. Uh, let me get Grant in Orlando. Grant, thanks for calling in the show. How are you holding up, sir? Uh, not too bad. Uh, my question is for generally the FBI. Um, it's I've, I've come to realize that all of these things that are taking place in this country that are horrendous, like women drowning their children in the bathtub and people shooting up schools and universities, 
are all because of antidepressants. That is uh, an it's area that... of antidepressants. Every single one of these people, including the two uh, young men that shot up that school a while ago, mm-hmm. um, were taking antidepressants. antidepressants. Okay, that, that's an, uh, an aspect of the story that I had not uh, previously considered. Clark Howard joins us now in studio, consumer advocate and the voice of reason. Uh, for for many listeners throughout the years, Clark, thanks for joining us on this special broadcast. Certainly, I I feel so terribly for the people of Central Florida. I mean, how many hits are they going to take in such a short period of time? The singer that was murdered, now these forty nine people that were brutally murdered and all the in- injured, and then the child who gets killed by the alligator mm-hmm. at Walt Disney World. It's just one body blow after another after another. And this will affect people who live in Central Florida in part for the rest of their lives, just as in the Oklahoma City bombing, mm-hmm. it affected the people there. That bombing, I think, was in 96, 95? 94. Uh, 94. It has affected the people there, and they won't get over it. I was in Oklahoma City last year, and I saw the memorial, and, and you see how it affects the residents of a metro area dallas in 1963 when president john f kennedy was assassinated on november 22nd 63 i i was in third grade i remember it as if i'm sitting there in third grade in the class right now it's still so fresh for me but if you were in dallas on that day you were affected in a whole special way that people who were alive at that time will not forget. So this is this is a very tough thing. And if I could say anything to you, if you're listening to me right now in Orlando, know that the wounds will heal. The memories will remain, but the wounds will heal. And one of the reasons that healing will occur is because of this phenomenal, warm, beautiful community outpouring of support for the families of the deceased and those that were wounded by this either lunatic, terrorist, whatever, I will not say his name. We don't we can't unfold all that. The prior caller talking about mental illness. Mental illness has been a continuing theme mm-hmm. in so many of these mass murders that have occurred in the country. Was this uh, an act of Islamic radical terror? Don't know. But it is a sad thing for me that over and over again this has been something where gays have been targeted right here where we're sitting in atlanta georgia there was a a terrible attack on a gay club years ago and in new york there have been two attacks over the years that were brutal and ugly attacking gays and it is it is something that is so awful that someone is targeted simply because of their sexual orientation and we as the American people, have got to think about the level of anger that envelops us right now in the country. Or not just in the United States, the uh, the killing, the assassination of the Minister of Parliament in England today, that we need to take a deep breath. I want you to know I lived through an era in the United States where we thought everything was coming apart. And by the way, other parts of the world felt the same thing at the same time. We were in the midst of the war in Vietnam. 
We had uh, terrible riots in the streets. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated in Memphis. Uh, Robert Kennedy was assassinated in Los Angeles two months later. And at the Democratic National Convention in Chicago that year, there were brutal riots. I mean, it felt like life as we knew it was disintegrating and that we had just darkness in front of us. And in a time like this, uh, neither of you are, were aware of that. what I was talking about with 1968, no, right? No, I'm looking yeah. at your faces. Before, you're looking at me wondering. like, before me. You're looking at me like, what? So, but the thing is, this darkness shall pass. Mm-hmm. Both what Orlando's experiencing and what we in the United States and elsewhere in the world with this, with this vicious level of anger that so many people are expressing right now in the country. The question is, between now and when it passes, how much damage do we do to the American psyche? How many more funerals do we attend? How many more sad broadcasts do we have to do? Much like post 9-11, and I've said this on the air for years since 9-11, my proudest time uh, as a broadcaster, as a person, as an American, was September 12th, 2001. Because this nation came together like never before. There were no liberals and conservatives. There were no Democrats and Republicans. We were a nation together. And my hope was that we might see something like that after this uh, awful terrorist attack in Orlando. Um, And I'm certain that a majority of Orlando has come together much like the nation did after September 11th, 2001. But it saddens me that the rest of the nation isn't following suit. Well, you know, it's not personal enough for them. It, that's exactly it. And the and the other thing is, nine eleven was pretty much the first time we witnessed something like that. There's a level that of desensitization, yes. where we were shocked, we were horrified, we we came together as a country. But now we're having more and more of these things. We had Boston, we had San Bernardino, now we have Orlando, and there's a certain numbness we have and a certain disconnect now i am so thankful that my old hometown of orlando is uniting the way they are and that oneness and that september 12th kind of attitude we are one we are orlando strong and the mayor of orlando i wanted to mention who regardless of whether people were for him or against him or whatever he has shown that kind of level of leadership that maybe he didn't have the day before. Maybe he was very much a political animal, but he has risen to the occasion. Buddy Dyer has a special place in my heart now. And uh, what we're not seeing is we're not seeing the political class rise to that occasion outside of the Orlando metro area. And that's what I'm hungering for in the country. I'm hungering for people who learn to put our flag first mm-hmm. than their allegiances to their party or their re-election or any of that. I, it's easy for me to say that because I'm not a Democrat or a Republican. But as someone who is an independent, it, it, it is hard for me to digest the lack of um, humanity from the politicians where people immediately go to their corners sure. and play out the same stale tapes they've been playing out for decades and just I, like that 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 whole deal on the uh the house floor the other night uh, it, oh, it was all the yeah. the the uh the moment of silence and yes a moment of silence but that's show and then the whole right. we're not going to do silence we want action that show right that sent me straight up clark and that is my that's my frustration because the american people today 
are better than the political class. We always have been. No, (laughs) no, no. I disagree. I disagree. There have been many times, Mark, where politicians, I mean, if you go to D.C. and you see the monuments and you know the backstory, there are times that that we have had people in the political class that would call it that. They didn't call it that then. But there are people who did unbelievably remarkable things for this country. And I don't have that feeling today. Well, that's when the, the political class was our best and brightest. And I, I, in my lifetime, I haven't seen that as our best and brightest in the political so it's, class. So it's up to us. I, I agreed. Let me, let me ask this question. I'm going to go back to 9-11. Um, you famously, after 9-11, said, I am not going to let the terrorists uh, scare me. I'm going to get on a plane. I'm going to fly. We will not uh, cower in fear. Same suggestion for folks around the country. Should we be going to Orlando to show our support and spend our, our tourist dollars there? Absolutely, absolutely. And I'm going to be in Orlando, actually, next week. Okay. I'm going to be – it was something I was already scheduled to be there. I'm going to be there I'm going to be in Jacksonville, then I'm going to be in Tulsa, and then I'm going to be in Orlando. And I'm going, because what do I have to be afraid of? In fact, until you mentioned it right now, Mm -hmm. I never even thought about it being symbolic I was going there, because that kind of thing, I never, ever, ever, not ever want, if this was truly a radical Islamist terrorist attack, Mm -hmm. seems more like this was a a cuckoo guy who was wrapping everything into his mouth. but. Even if it was a terrorist attack, I don't care about the fact that that somebody else may be a copycat and want to shoot me down. We have to stand up and be counted. We have to be willing to get out there and live our lives and never cower in fear. And you don't want to let evil triumph. And one of the ways you let evil triumph is for us as a country to be divided like we are right now with all this silliness with the politicians and where we go and stay out of public spaces out of fear. And I will never allow any source of evil to keep me from living my life. You know, I was in New York, obviously, broadcasting, as you mentioned, right after the September 11th terrorist attacks. First day I could fly uh, when the flight started back in the air. My producer, Kim, and I went to New York, 22 people on the plane, four were sky marshals, so 18 passengers. None of us were in our seats. We were all on the left side of the plane coming out on final to LaGuardia, seeing the World Trade Center still on fire. It was brutal to be in that experience. And then I was back there November 11th working, and that was the day the American Airlines plane went down four miles from where the World Trade Center was. And for the people of New York, immediately, it was like, oh, no, it's happening again. again." But you go to New York now, and you learn the American spirit and the spirit of humanity, of human beings, when you see how vital and alive New York is, how vital the area is around the World Trade Center, and you see World Trade One or whatever. They call it World Trade One, right? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Up in the air. And you see what we as human beings can do we we get knocked around we um, dust ourselves off and we stand up and we fight for our future our country's future and our family's future that's what we do as americans clark howard mark aram shane backler live local talk and coverage of the terrorist attack at the pulse nightclub continues news 96.5 wdbo in orlando Also, we are being broadcast across the nation tonight on WSB Atlanta, WOKV Jacksonville, WHIO Dayton, 
and KRMG in Tulsa. Your thoughts and calls next, 844-220-0965. Neil Bortz will join us next hour as well. Your calls, and if you want to tweet at me your thoughts, if you can't get through, it's uh, Mark Arum, M-A-R-K-A-R-U-M. We'll be right back after this. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Welcome back to the show. Mark Aram, Clark Howard, Shane Backler, 844-220-0965. Your thoughts on the terrorist attack at the Pulse nightclub. John joins us on the program. John, welcome back, buddy. Yeah, thanks for uh, your patience. Um, I was calling in reference to the news broadcaster you were talking to in Orlando about uh, the concealed carry permits and the clubs. Mm-hmm. Um, if any one of those people in there would have had a weapon, even if they had a concealed carry permit, they could be charged with a felony in the state of Florida. So that's yeah, that's the law. But I, I mean, if I, if someone had it in there and was able to save the day, I think they might have waived the uh, the charges on that. John is up next on the program. Hello, John. Hey guys, how you doing? Excellent. What's going on? I got a question about uh, the the, uh, the police response down there after after Columbine. The uh, law enforcement really uh, figured out that. You know, the first guys that get on the scene have to go in because while they're out there, the police are out staging and planning and everything. People are dying on the inside. Um, so any idea why it took Orlando police three hours to go in there while this guy was had time to go back in the restrooms and kill people and Facebook and every all his other evil stuff? Shane? They were worried about explosives. And in fact, when they took him down... Uh, there was early reports that he had wires, that there was some kind of a circuit board. They didn't know what was inside, if he had planted IEDs, what yeah, was about to happen. Of, they never know what's on the inside in these situations. They they really didn't know. And and remember, the guy, uh, the the shooter, ran out. When they burst through the, uh, the, the wall of the nightclub, he ran out shooting, and that was how they were able to take him down. Yeah. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. The timeline is still a little fuzzy. Um, we're getting bits and pieces from the law enforcement officials on what exactly happened and why. But it was it's odd because usually in this situation or these situations, which we've covered all too many times, um, there's there's no one left alive in there. You know, the 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 killers or killer shoots till everyone's dead and then kills themselves. This was weird. He shot and killed people, then had hostages, and then uh, it, it ran through the wall. So this is this thing is just weird from start to finish. There's also something very difficult about a police response in the middle of an, of the night, because the most senior, most experienced commanders are not on duty, and so it's hard for the officer on patrol, the beat cops, to know exactly yeah. what to do. And just as our caller said go first officers respond and go straight in they couldn't even assess it all they knew was there was a terrible terrible thing underway tony joins us next on the program hello tony hello first time caller and indirectly related to the shooting uh clark was earlier talking about the darkness that prevailed over america back in 68 when i was 13 uh it's kind of a similar situation except it's a, a lot darker because we have too much information about everything and everybody anymore yet we have no one to turn to. Everybody's got an opinion about stuff, and everybody's out to get everybody. Who did we turn to in 68, Clark? Uh, or well, Tony. We, we, 
we didn't really have anybody to turn to at that time other than I'd say that Richard Nixon, although historically he became a very divisive figure and was the only president ever be forced from office uh, short of impeachment, was at that time trying to pull the country together, at least at first. Do you know, we tend to want to look to some kind of leadership to unify everybody. Look to each other. Help each other. That's where it is. That's where the light is underneath this cloud that's hanging over Central Florida. 844-220-0965. 844-220-0965. Mark Aram, Clark Howard, Shane Backler. Live local talking coverage of the terrorist attack at the Pulse nightclub continues after this. Thanks for listening to the Mark Aram Show podcast. Thanks for Xfinity for sponsoring said podcast. A couple of things in life I don't skimp on. Toilet paper, razor blades, seafood. I want the best of the best when it comes to all three. And internet. That's why I use Xfinity Internet. And it's the amazing 10G network. The 10G network from Xfinity. The future starts now. Smarter, more consistent, and a secure network. And it only gets better. Jump on board the Xfinity 10G network online. Just go to Xfinity.com.